the theater troupe Zitsi, which means children in Polish, is a group that has performed in churches around the country. Some of you may remember me talking about them coming to visit the Brotherhood of St. Gregory a couple of years ago, and they've also performed in San Francisco. One of their great performances is about a little church in Poland in a rural village where the priest has just died in the sacristy and all of the village crazies have gathered for mass and there's no one to lead the mass. So in this fool's mass, as they call it, these group of crazy people get together and they make mass together. And as they get into the service at one point, each of them starts getting up to speak and their ad hoc leader says to the audience, this is not the sermon. This is not the sermon. Well, I'm going to paraphrase and say, I am not the deacon today. You look at your program, it says, Annette was to preach today. Annette, please keep her in your prayers, is sitting with a young man who is going through a very difficult time this morning. Um, some of you may not know that Annette has been clinical director for many years up at St. Vincent's in San Rafael, where they work with foster youth, all of them boys. Uh, many of them are amongst the most abused in our society. And so she's sitting with one of them today as he gets some help. So please keep her in your prayers. But her witness is still with us because she is doing what Jesus is talking about in today's gospel, being a servant out in the world attending to precious needs and to those among us who are suffering the greatest. Attending to suffering. I want to share a little bit with you from our bishop's talk yesterday at the annual diocesan convention of the diocese. Yesterday morning he spoke to us about his observations about the church in the Bay Area and the work that his, it has done. And he talked about that in the context of the core of Christianity, which is that when we encounter suffering, we turn towards it. We don't turn our backs on it. And we enter it sometimes not being able to do anything for it except to be present with it, to be a companion for those who are struggling in our midst, just as our deacon is doing this morning. That witness is a very, very deep strand of our tradition, and it goes, oddly enough, all the way back to this ancient text of Job that we hear today. Now, when God finally shows up in Job, and boy, does God show up in a whirlwind, and goes on for a couple of chapters. 
There are many interpretations of what God is getting at here. The riddle of Job is never quite answered, and that is, why do people suffer? Why do people suffer? Some might argue that God is showing up and saying to Job, Okay, I hear you. I've heard your complaining. Job has been going on for verse after verse, chapter after chapter, about how his suffering is unjust and unjustified. He's had friends who have come and told him that he must have done something to deserve what's happening to him. After all, there must be a reason that you end up on the bottom rather than the top of the heap. Another interpretation says God has come to point out that God's ways are inscrutable. And indeed, God seems to be saying that and arguing with Job, who has really overreached his station by claiming that he knows how the universe is supposed to work, by complaining that the wicked get away with things while the righteous suffer and struggle. And God seems at another level to be saying that my ways are so far beyond your ways, to paraphrase another part of scripture, that they are inscrutable. You cannot understand them or see them or perceive them. And excuse me, where were you? Where were you when the stars were hung and the foundations of the earth were put down, when the seas were put into place? Do you feed the wild animals and their needs? Do you attend to things as I attend to things? The interpretation I want to offer up today is simply the fact that God comes, despite God's mystery and inscrutability, beside the fact that God is so far beyond Job's imagining and ours, and so much greater than any one of us or all of us put together, nevertheless, God comes and dwells with Job and communes with him. for no valid reason, because Job has nothing. And in the eyes of both the ancient world and in the eyes of our world, Job is worth nothing. And yet God, the creator and maker of all things, the sustainer of the universe, the parent of all, comes and dwells with Job and responds to his cry. And as we will see next week, responds to Job's friends, too. They're in a little bit of trouble. They're in a little bit of trouble. But that is the deep thread, my sisters and brothers, that God comes and dwells with us in the midst of our crises and our suffering. And we are called, our vocation, our fundamental vocation, is to be there in the midst of others' suffering. Within living history, our church was on deck for the AIDS crisis, and people at Grace Cathedral remember the days when Grace Cathedral was conducting 35 funerals a week to bury those whom no one else would touch or bury to be with those with whom no one else would be. 
Every year the diocese gives a reward to a congregation that does planned giving. It's called the Wasser Reward, and every year we are reminded the story of Mrs. Wasser, who owned a laundromat in the city, who never darkened the door of an Episcopal church, ever. Her son died of AIDS. And the Episcopal Church came and tended to him in his final days and gave a memorial for him. And because the Episcopal Church did that, she left her pride and joy, her laundromat, to the church. And it became the source of a major endowment that the diocese holds. All those sons of Zebedee. James and John. Those twins of mischief show up again in today's gospel. Why is it that they are in trouble with the other disciples? They come to Jesus and they say to him, let us sit at your right and your left hand in your glory thinking only of prestige and power and honor, those things that everyone likes to think of in their lives, right? To be recognized and seen, to be heard, to be important. Now, James and John are sometimes referred to by Jesus as sons of thunder. Maybe it's because they're a bit like Peter. They open their mouths before engaging their brain because they're talkative, because they're noisy, because amongst all the disciples, they're sort of like the pair of elephants that come into the room, and you know when they're there, and you thank God when they're not. James and John are in trouble today because they have articulated something that all of the disciples secretly are harboring in their own hearts which is why they are so upset with James and John. James and John have revealed the game. They've given it away. And Jesus doesn't just scold them, he scolds all of his apostles, and incidentally, us too, just a little bit. If you listen closely, He remarks that it is the habit of the Gentiles, the outsiders, hint, hint, that's you and me, brothers and sisters, like to lord it over each other, like to play the game of who's on first and who's on second, who's at bat, who's umpire, who's going to get home first, like to have a sense of importance, like to know their place in the universe, like to feel like we have the game figured out. Jesus says, it shall not be that way among you. And that is not our calling. That's the calling of the world. The world knows that game all too well. You and I and everyone we know plays in that milieu every day. But here, Amongst the people of God, the children of the divine, the brothers and sisters of Christ, it is the one who serves who is greatest.
the one who is humble, who offers self up, who is the greatest among us. And it is when we are willing to serve and to turn into suffering and to enter into the places that the world has forgotten or neglected or even oppressed that we are children of the light. It is there when we are participating in the life of the gospel. And it is there, in that upside-down place, that the kingdom of God is revealed among us. And that is the thread that we are called to grasp that is the sermon for today. Mm -hmm. Be of good courage and know that God is with you just as God was with Job. And in the darkest hours is when the gospel shines in our midst. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.